John Bunyan, who is the author of Pilgrim's Progress, he spent 12 years in a Bedford jail. And his crime was preaching the gospel. That was it. He was a pastor. He was not in line with the Church of England. He was forbidden to preach and he was compelled by God to. And so he ended up serving two sentences, about six years each, in jail. And he learned, as you can imagine, a great deal about prayer while he was in jail. In fact, in 1662, he wrote a little book called Praying in the Spirit. And in that book, he defined prayer as follows. Prayer is a sincere, sensible, affectionate pouring out of the heart or soul to God through Christ in the strength and assistance of the Holy Spirit. In this sermon series on prayer, it is simply conversation with God. When we pray, we are having a conversation with God. We are approaching God in heaven, and we are speaking to Him. And that would be impossible if it wasn't for Jesus. Jesus is the one who is, the Bible calls Him our mediator, our advocate. He is the one who has made it possible for us to be reconciled to God, to be at peace with God, and so to be able, in relationship with Him, to approach Him and to speak to Him. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, Paul writes, For through Christ we both have access in one Spirit to the Father. So Jesus has made it possible for us to pray. And now here in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches us how to do it. So he is the one who makes conversation, communion with God possible, and he is the one who comes and teaches his disciples and teaches us how to do it in Matthew chapter 6. He begins in verses 5 through 8 by making something very clear, and it is this. God does not hear people based on how they pray. God hears people based on who they are. God does not hear people based on how they pray. God hears people based on who they are. So don't pray to impress others, and don't pray to impress God. This is what Jesus makes clear. God does not hear you because of the eloquence or the sophistication or even the form of your prayer. God hears you, Christian, because He loves you. Because you are His child. And He is your Father. And just like a good parent, is eager to listen to their son or daughter. God is your Father in heaven, and He is willing, eager even, to listen to you. And so because you are His child, God is this heavenly Father who is bending down to listen to you. 
With that out of the way, Jesus moves on with his model prayer. He says the example for us, and he begins in verse 9 by saying, pray then like this. And now this is the prayer that we're studying. Jesus tells his disciples, when you pray, pray like this. And by extension, Jesus is saying to us today, when you pray, pray like this. And here's what we have learned so far. It is good to begin our prayers with praise. It is good to begin our prayers with an attitude of worship. It is good for us to begin with praise and thanksgiving that is directed to God, our Father in heaven. Matthew 6, verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then from worship, Jesus moves us into surrender. Not my will, God, but your will. Not what I want, God, but what you want. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as Jesus is teaching us how to pray, you see that practically this prayer moves from praise to petition. Asking God, making requests of God. The prayer is moving from praise to petition. And in terms of attitude, this prayer has moved from worship to surrender, and now in verse 11 to dependence. So we worship God in prayer. We surrender to God in prayer. And now we will see we depend on God through prayer. So dependence on God reflected in our prayers is what we will be considering today. But before we do, I need to pray for God's help. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Help me to preach well. Help all of us to listen well. We pray that you would reach our minds and reach our hearts and reach our wills. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read today's verse, but let me read it in context. So here are Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That is worship. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's surrender. And now here's the petition we are examining today, and it expresses dependence. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Here's where we're going to go in this sermon. I'd like to answer two questions. Question number one, What are we being told to pray for here? And then question number two, what is the basis for this prayer? And we will see that there is a dual basis. First, we are totally dependent on God. And second, God is totally dependable. 
So two questions. Number one, what are we being asked or told to pray for here? And then number two, what is the basis for this prayer? Let's begin with the first question. Look at this verse. What are we being told to pray for here? Well, we now get to the point in our prayer where we get out our list. I've got a list. I'm sure you have a list. These are the things that I am asking God to do. What's on your list? God, give me patience. God, give me help. God, give me comfort. Give me favor. Give me success. Give me strength. Well, what is at the very top of Jesus' list? Bread. Bread. When it comes to petition, when it comes to asking God for things, at the very top, think about this, at the very top of the Son of God's list is bread. When is the last time that you prayed for bread? What is this? What is daily bread? Are we talking sourdough? Are we talking pumpernickel? Is this French bread? Is this gluten-free? This can't be talking about just bread, right? Jesus must have some kind of spiritual meaning here. He must mean not bread, not food for the body, but he must mean food for the soul. That's actually what many of the early church fathers believed. They tended to spiritualize this verse. Augustine thought it might refer to the invisible bread of the Word of God. Or maybe, and others believed this in the early church, this was a, a reference to the Lord's Supper. This was a reference to the bread, which is an emblem that represents the body of Christ. But, by the 16th century, the Reformers, rightly, I think, they preferred a plain reading of this text. In fact, John Calvin went so far as to call the spiritualizing of this text exceedingly absurd. Well, there is a consensus among many great minds in history about this phrase, and for what it's worth, I agree. And here are three of the greatest. Martin Luther wrote, Bread was a symbol for everything necessary for the preservation of this life, like food, a healthy body, good weather, house, home, wife, children, good government, and peace. William Perkins wrote, It must be taken in a general sense, not only for bread, but for all other necessary food, and for clothing also, with health, peace, liberty, and all other things that are needful for the good outward estate of man or family or commonwealth. In other words, bread refers to whatever serves for our physical being and well-being. And finally, Matthew Henry wrote, 
Because our natural being is necessary to our spiritual well-being in this world, therefore, after the things of God's glory, kingdom, and will, we pray for the necessary supports and comforts of this present life, which are the gifts of God and must be asked of Him. So what are they saying? What is daily bread? Daily bread encompasses everything that we need for this present life. Daily bread encompasses everything that we need for this present earthly life. This is how it sounds in prayer. Having moved through worship in prayer and having moved through submission in prayer, now boldly God Give me. These are the words. God, give me. So this prayer begins with, I praise you, God, for who you are. I thank you, God, for what you have done. And I submit my life to you. Not my will, God, but your will. Please, God, do not grant my desires if they are not in accordance with your will and therefore not in my best interest. I submit to your will, God. And now, with boldness, God, give me daily bread. God, this day, give me everything, everything that I need for this present life. Give me food today. Give me water and safety and freedom and shelter and clothing and rest. And not only do we pray this for ourselves, it extends to those you know and love, which is why we pray, God, give us our daily bread. It's what is prayed in Proverbs 30, verse 8. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. God, give me everything I need. And in his book, A Praying Life, Paul Miller has said, In the church, most prayer requests are limited to sickness, joblessness, kids in crisis, and maybe an occasional missionary. Yet Jesus' prayer for daily bread was an invitation to pray all our needs to Him. There is nothing in your life that should go uncovered by prayer. There's one more thing that I want us to see here in order to fully understand how we are being told to pray. Did you notice how far out is Jesus thinking when he prays? Give us this day. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is not telling us to look out years here. He's not even telling us to look out 
months or weeks. He's not even telling us to look out until tomorrow. The expectation is that you will ask God for this every single day. And yet, when was the last time that you prayed for your daily needs? I mean, here's where we think about our list again. The list and what is on your heart and what is on your mind. Are your daily needs on that list? Again, the assumption here is that this will be something we pray for every single day. But here's the thing. By God's grace, not many of you have circumstances that prompt this kind of prayer. We have everything we need. We have so much. And so, sadly, we don't even think to pray for this. The reality is that in Jesus' day, most people lived hand to mouth. Later on in this very chapter, in verse 34, Jesus will tell his disciples, do not worry about tomorrow, because each day has enough trouble of its own. Most of the people that Jesus would have been talking to, all they had was enough for the day. And so their circumstances reminded them of how dependent they were on God. But for many of us in 21st century America, our circumstances are not helpful here. Our circumstances do not prompt this kind of prayer. We don't feel as helpless or as dependent as we actually are. We don't live hand to mouth. We live hand to refrigerator and then maybe freezer so that we can eat it in months to come and then maybe to our mouth and whatever we don't eat it's no big deal it goes into the garbage and then we go to the store and then we buy more and it goes in our fridge and it goes into our freezer and it goes into our mouth we have refrigerators most of us don't we that are filled with food i've planted a garden this year and I'm excited to watch this garden grow. And I go out and I check it every single day. And I see how the tomatoes are doing. And I see how the green beans are doing. And how the peppers are doing. And how the squash is doing. And I get excited. And I also get upset. I get upset when I see the weeds. Or I get upset when uh, they're getting too much water. Or they're not getting enough water. And the plant is not thriving the way I want it to thrive. But here's the thing. I don't get upset or angry as if, if this garden doesn't produce food, I'm not going to have food to eat. It's almost more of a hobby for me. But at certain times and in certain places, even today, certainly in Jesus' day, the pressure on something like a garden was to provide my family with food. And if I don't have a successful garden, we don't eat. But that's not the case for me. And so I don't have the same kinds of circumstances that, by God's grace, also would prompt me to pray this kind of prayer of dependence. And so many of us might think, when it comes to today, we got this. I'm not worried about today. We pray about the past and all our regrets. 
We pray about the future and all of our anxiety. But what about today? And when we don't pray for this in the morning and then thank God for the answered prayer at night, what happens? We take it for granted. If we're not actively praying for this each day and then at the end of the day saying, God, you answered the prayer again and again and again every single day, we can take it for granted. And then pretty soon, we're complaining about the dumbest things because we forget the massive gifts that each day holds. Do you remember how God taught his people this lesson in Exodus chapter 16? Just two months after being miraculously delivered from slavery in Egypt, they were complaining to God. They missed the meat pots and the bread, we're told, back in Egypt. They were free now, but they were hungry And they actually longed for the days when they were well-fed slaves. And so they complained to God. They took God's provision for granted. And so God, do you remember what he did? He rained, literally rained bread from heaven. In the morning, the dew would transform into some kind of bread-like food that could be gathered up and it could be eaten. But there was a catch. So every day they would go out and they would gather up this bread, but there was a catch. They could only gather enough for one day. They couldn't store it up. They couldn't save it in case God changed his mind or in case they didn't have enough food so that they would be provided for in the future. They weren't allowed to save it. They weren't allowed to hoard it. In fact, if they tried, it would rot. God designed this manna to have a 24-hour shelf life. What was God doing? God was teaching them to be grateful for God's meeting of their daily needs. You don't need to hoard it. You don't need to store it. Ask me to give you your daily bread and I will give it. It's the same thing that Jesus is doing here. Jesus calls us to daily pray that God would give us everything we need for life today. Some of you live in the past. You're racked with guilt, regret. Some of you live in the future. You're worried and you're anxious. But very few of us, I think, live in the present one day at a time asking God for provision and then thanking Him for it. Now, what is the basis of this daily prayer? We'll move on to the second question. What is the basis for this prayer, asking God to give us everything we need for life today. And it's a dual basis. Number one, we are totally dependent on God. I don't know if you feel dependent on God, but you are dependent on Him. Maybe you feel independent. Maybe you feel like you don't need God. You certainly need God. 
You need Him for salvation. And Christian, you need Him every second of every day. But you've got plenty, don't you? The cupboards are full. Why would you ask God for needs to be met that are already met? You only will if you understand that ultimately you are dependent on Him. You only will if you understand that those full cupboards are ultimately from God. Of course you work. And you should. And you might think that the needs that you have met, you have met yourself. And you've met them because you've worked hard. You should work hard, Proverbs 20.17. Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. In Proverbs 31.27, she looks well to the ways of her household that does not eat the bread of idleness. So you shouldn't get your bread by being lazy. You shouldn't get your bread through deceit. We should work hard. But do you also pray? And as industrious Americans, while most of us are good, faithful, hard workers, do we pray as much? Do you think that everything you have is simply because you have worked hard for it? Do you understand that it's because of God's providence? He has given you work to do. He has given you the body with which to do the work. He has put you in a time and place where there is so much for you to do and there is plenty and there are resources and He provides for you and your family. What if you were born hundreds of years ago in a different place? What if you were born 30 years ago in a different part of this world? Every gift you have is ultimately from the hand of God. And so you work and pray. You plow and you pray, the Puritans were famous for saying. Here's Richard Sibbs. In prayer, we tempt God if we ask for that which we labor not for. Our faithful endeavors must second our devotion. If we pray for grace and neglect the spring from whence it comes, how can we speed? It was a rule in ancient times, lay thy hand to the plow and then pray. No man should pray without plowing, nor plow without prayer. And so it is true, we work and we trust God. It is both and. Do you pray? I know you work, but do you pray? Or do you think that everything you have is because of you? Paul Miller again writes, if you are not praying, then you are quietly confident that time, money, and talent are all you need in life. Yes, your daily needs are met because you work, but that is only part of the answer. There is work to do, and you are able to do it, because God has been good to you. You are totally dependent on Him. Psalm 23.1 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want, I shall not be in need, because the Lord is my shepherd. 
John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 1 Chronicles 29, 14. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you and of your own have we given you. Even what we give back to you, God, it is only what you, a portion of what you have given to us. The first basis for this prayer for daily bread is that you and I are totally dependent on God. And then number two, God is totally dependable. The one whom we depend on is totally dependable. This prayer for daily bread, it is prayed confidently because of promises like Philippians 4.19. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And the context of Philippians chapter 4 is material needs. God will supply every one of our material needs. God may not give you prosperity, but God will supply all your needs. God hears you. God cares for you, and God answers you. He cares for your spiritual well-being and your physical well-being, and He promises to care for you. We are totally dependent on God, and God is totally dependable. So think about this. And in conclusion, a very simple question. Do you pray like this? Do you pray for God to meet your daily needs? And then do you thank Him when He does? Is this prayer on your list? Is it like the prayer of Jesus? Is it at the top of your list? Why not? What is keeping you from praying like this? Do you believe that you are totally dependent on God? And do you believe that God is totally dependable? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for your word. God, thank you for being unfathomably reliable and trustworthy. You are a faithful God. God, let us not think that the things we have are all of our own strength. Help us remember, God, that all good gifts are from above. They come from you. So God, as we work, may we pray. God, let us not take these gifts for granted, but let us every day pray that you would meet our needs again and then let us thank you over and over for your great mercy. And in that and through that, may we become a more thankful people. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.